0: It is Tuesday, and uh, we have some time to spend in the Word together, so uh, I hope you are ready to hear something good. So um, I believe that there are a few things in the Word that are indispensable, and there are a few things that are non-negotiable, and um, some doctrines challenge those things, (laughs) and... uh, so it is now and then just good to look at a few of those things that are, uh, that are unmovable, that, uh, that is the foundation of what we believe the foundation of our faith, the f- foundation of why we are saved. All right, so I want to start reading in First Corinthians chapter 13. Hello, Janine, and hello, Chanel. Good morning to you. So, um, I just want to start reading the whole chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, If I can speak in the tongues of men, and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's I'm only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. All right, so... It doesn't say that speaking in tongues is wrong and should be dispensed with. It just says it has to go with love. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all the knowledge, and I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Okay, so even prophetic powers is not to be dispensed with. It's not to be ignored. It's not to be put down. It is something wonderful. Even if we understand secret truths, that is something we aim for. It's something we go for. It's not something that we should forget. Uh, mysteries possess all the knowledge. I mean, how, how many sermons have we heard now on, um, on the mysteries being revealed? Christ in us, you know, the mystery um, which was hidden throughout ages is now revealed to the saints, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. So those things are wonderful, and it's, and it's great. And our focus should be on it, and that is what we should be doing. But he says, if I have not love, I am nothing, <laughs> a useless nobody. All right. So it is interesting that these things, the tongues, the prophetic powers, The secret truths, you know, the mysteries and all the knowledge and all those things. um, If it is without love, some people get puffed up. And some people think that they are more than they really are. Okay? But what makes us truly Christ-like is the love. Because God is love. All right? So those things um, should be there, but it should flow out of the love. So, the love of Christ contains all these things, and it flows out of the love of Christ. Okay. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if if I surrender my body to be burned in order that I may glory, but I have not love, I gain nothing. Okay? So, even if you're a martyr, even if you give everything you have, now he says, Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful, vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. And they, these are things that are to be dispensed with. Now it's, it talks about things that are not inside love. And these are the things that we are not aiming for. <laughs> and these are the things that the word of God is pruning off of us. You know, it's like... Um, John 15 says, You have been pruned and cleansed already because of the word that you have received. So now, if we have the love of Christ, we receive the love of Christ through the word, there will be a pruning, and these things will be pruned off. Love endures long and is patient and kind. So all impatience is just gone. Okay? Love never is envious. So envy just goes. You know, if God blesses someone else, it's awesome, you know, and we rejoice with you. Nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. So he's not focused on, look at me, I'm so great, I have all these, I have this faith. In it. You know, no, it, the love removes those things. and uh, does not display itself haughtily. It's not conceited, arrogant and inflated with pride. It's not rude unmannerly. So this, this pride thing also pops up now and then, you know, but the love of Christ <laughs> removes it. Love is not that. So, if you have, for instance, a great revelation in the mysteries of God without love, boom, there comes the pride. Okay? So, and one group, church, church group thinks, no, ha, 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 they do not understand our doctrine. Or, uh, you know, we know grace much better than they do. Oh, really? Uh, where's the love then? Okay, love is humility. And love causes you to to reach out to people and just give what you have and just listen for something that you have in common that you can also receive from someone. There's always something that you can receive from someone. All right. So we shouldn't be inflated with pride, but we should be humble, okay? And love is humble. He says it's not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It is not rude and unmannerly and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Okay, so there's a, a selfishness that is pruned off when the love of Christ manifests. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it wonderful when God comes into us in His nature in us, just shh, removes all the selfishness and insistence that we have it? You know, the the whole thing of of um, uh, Um, Entitlement, there you go. So, um, it's not entitled. You don't expect things to just come because I have to have it and it's my right to have it. Okay? No, that's not love. Love uh, does not insist on its own way. uh, For it is not self-seeking. So, love insists on sacrificing something to bless someone else. Love insists on serving someone else. Love doesn't insist on people serving you. Love insists on you serving someone else. (laughs) That's love, okay? It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. So if, if you serve someone and they do something resentful towards you, you forgive immediately and you put it behind you you forget it. Okay? Isn't, isn't that amazing? Okay, so he says, that's what love does. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevails. Okay? He says, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person. So that means, it's not harboring grudges, it's not building fantasies in your head of how evil this person is. <laughs> You don't go there. You believe the best of every person. And what is is the best of every person that love believes? Jesus Christ died for you. He cleansed you with his blood. He washed you. He made you holy and perfect. And that's what love believes about you, okay, about every person. And if they don't believe it, it will be evident. So then we who have love need to serve them with love and tell them about love so that they know love. So First John chapter 4 says, round about verse 7 and 8, he says, He who does not love does not and never did know God, for God is love. So if someone doesn't love, they don't have love, so they're incapable of it. So if we have love, we need to love them so that they can receive love. All right? And not... Not be resentful towards them, but loving towards them, so that they can know what love is. Okay, love bears up under any, anything; is ever. Love bears up under anything and everything. Oh, my lips will start working in Jesus' name. Okay, that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Okay, so endures everything without weakening. Sometimes you just endure and keep quiet (laughs) because somewhere you will get a chance to speak and then you can bring the love of Christ. You can demonstrate it. Love doesn't make a scene. Okay, so now it says love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. But is it less important? No, it's wonderful, but it must flow out of love, okay? It will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. But the tongues can be uh, such a great vehicle to bring the love to people, okay? Because the tongues stirs up the gifts and it stirs up even the love. So it is important, okay? But the tongues without the love is nothing. The tongues has to be fueled by the love of God, okay? They will be destroyed and seized. And for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and be superseded by truth. So, even knowledge. So, we can't be so inflated with pride about our knowledge and what we know. Ooh, we know more than they, or we know better. You can't have that attitude. Love with the knowledge. Man, that's a great combo. So, now you have... All the, the knowledge and spiritual insight and you have revelation in the mysteries of God. Man, but it is all contained in this wonderful love. And when you love people, you you open up mysteries to them. When you love people, you open up revelations to them. And you impart knowledge to them by experience. So this is something God <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> this is something God told me years ago, maybe like 15 years ago or so. And he said um, there's certain things that it cannot teach me apart from experience. So then I realized, okay, I will know what it means after I've experienced it. So if I experience it, then I can read it in the Bible and recognize it. <laughs> So that's what the love does, is it brings the intimate fellowship with Jesus. It brings that experience, and then that experience unlocks mysteries. And so love together with the knowledge, love together with the mysteries, unlocks everything. All right? So uh, we need the love of Christ. The love of Christ is the, is the central thing of everything that we do. So uh, we should not get distracted by the fruits of the tree. We should, have, we should just be the tree. Okay, I hope that makes sense. So, um, uh, but the tree is wonderful, and the fruit is wonderful. All right, I, I'm sure you're, you're hearing me. All right, All right. so, but, uh, yeah, it will pass away. Then first, verse 9, for our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete, imperfect, all right so even if (laughs) that's why it's so silly to be so arrogant and inflated with pride for our knowledge because it's incomplete (laughs) there's always something we don't know okay Uh, our knowledge is fragmentary and incomplete so the knowledge with the love there's a humility to receive because the moment the pride comes you're not open to receive i know everything oh really you don't there's always something you don't know so, with the love, the knowledge is tempered. So, when you, when you speak the love, the knowledge comes out. But also, there's a humility to keep on receiving. All right. For our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. And our prophecy, our teaching is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. Wow. So, that means the following. As the love increases, the prophecy will increase. Isn't that amazing? So we can't just focus on the level of prophecy where we are now. I mean, I'm just scratching the surface. There's people that's doing much more than I am. So, uh, but even, even so, I can just open my heart for the love of God, and the love of Christ will move me. The love of Christ will impel me. The love of Christ will show me. The love of Christ through me will speak to people whatever they need to know. So the prophecy will increase as the love increases, Okay? But eventually it says, you know, the love is forever and the prophecy will not be necessary anymore because it will all be fulfilled and what then, you know? So, but for now it is necessary. So let's go for it. <laughs> so if the, if the um, love increases, the prophecy increases. Okay, but when the complete and the perfect, the total comes, the incomplete and the imperfect Will vanish. Okay. So when the love is completely manifested in its fullness, there will be no need for tongues. There will be no need for all this knowledge, because you will have the experience of the fullness of love. You will you will not need all the knowledge. You will not need all of those things because you have the fullness of God manifested. But until then, we kind of need those things. You know, it's like the spiritual gifts. Those things are there to equip the body, Ephesians chapter 4, for the full equipping of the saints to do the work of ministry, so that we all can attain oneness in their faith, and so that we all can become, to come to the fullness of the stature of the Son of God. So all of us need to grow into this fullness of love, and the gifts are necessary for that. And these things that's, that's mentioned here, which, which is partly gifts, the prophecy and the knowledge and those things are necessary and it's good to, to establish the church and to have the church grow into the love. And so it's not to be scorned at. It's not to be uh, put down, okay? But the love is everything. The love is the fuel. The love is the source of it all, okay? When the complete and the perfect and the total comes, the incomplete imperfect will vanish away and become void and superseded. When I was a child... I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, okay so that immaturity is usually self-focused, okay I have children, they are focused on their own thing. Uh, they are kids, okay so so they don't have understanding, they don't have knowledge, they don't have all these things they don't okay so you can't really explain anything else from him you know that you can't expect them to to do something that a mature person would do all right when i was a, th- a child i talked like a child i thought like a child i reasoned like a child now if you go to uh, galatians chapter 4 it says as long as the heir is a child he differs nothing from the slave so a child slave and a child heir looks exactly the same talks exactly the same does exactly the same all right so What's the difference? Well, the maturity of love hasn't been realized yet. Okay? Because love is God's very character. So, when the heir child realizes the inheritance that is his or hers, then that heir starts to grow up into the character that God has for him, which is the Spirit of God, which is the Lord Jesus Christ inside of him. All right? So, and embracing that love, and that love forms everything that is in us into the right thing, okay, so in everything, every gift, every strength, every good thing that is in us, is a disaster without love, and that's the flesh nature, the flesh nature is man without love, and that's the immature person, okay, the child, talk like a child, walk like a child, but when the love is manifested, all those things become, the, the weak points become become strong points, because love directs it in the right uh, direction, okay, so a strong personality person who was born to be a leader, and to be a leader in the kingdom, when that person was a child without the love of God, is a dominating person, and it's someone that's hitting people in the head, and you know, it's, is pushing people over you can watch kids but when that person gets to know who he really is and his heart is surrendered to love wow now that's that weak point of dominating everyone and being being um you know overbearing now becomes a strong point and that person becomes a great demonstration of love and that same thing becomes a tool in the hand of god to show jesus So that's what I mean. So when I was a child, I I talked like a child. But now that I have become a man, I'm done with childish ways and put them aside. So I think the big problem is not necessarily that people don't have the gifting, that people don't have the anointing or anything. I think it's just, you know, people are flowing in awesome stuff. But, you know, I think it's maybe time for us to just open our hearts again for the love of God. Okay, so when our hearts are open for the love of God, the gifts just explode. The gifts are just, you know, illuminated by the light of God and everything shines out of out of him. So we don't turn the gifts then into something that that reflects good on ourselves. The gifts are used just to show Jesus because of love. Love is not self-seeking, but it is seeking the good of someone else okay love is focused on jesus and focused on the people that jesus are focused on okay so i hope you get what i'm trying to say all right so when i uh was like a child i talk like a child reason like a child now that i'm a man i'm done with childish ways put them aside now we are looking into a mirror oh man if we can you you know i can there's messages on the YouTube. (laughs) of the mirror of the glass we can talk about that for hours okay we're looking into a mirror that only gives a dim blurred reflection so now we just see a little bit okay of reality as a riddle or enigma or you can say a mystery okay but then when the perfection comes when the love is manifested okay so uh uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 says, uh, Enfold yourselves in love, which is the bond of perfectness. Okay, so when the perfection comes, when the f- perfectness comes, the love, we shall see in reality and face to face. So the more the love comes, the clearer we see in the mirror or in the glass. So what is it? What is this image that we see in the glass? When we look to the face of Jesus in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. What is this image that we look at that's shining from the face of Jesus? What is this image that we are conformed to? We are are transformed into his very own image. That image is his love. So the love is the central thing that God wants to impart in our lives. Because if we have the love, we have everything we need. Everything else flows out of the love. All right. We shall see in reality and face to face. Now I know in part and imperfectly, but then I shall know and understand fully and clearly, even in the same way as I've been fully and clearly understood by God. So 1 John 4 also says, um, if we love one another, we know and understand God more. Right? So you understand and know God more when you express the love that he has placed in your heart through the Holy Ghost. Romans 5 verse 5. Okay. Now verse 13 says, and so faith, hope, love, abide. Faith. Conviction and belief, respecting man's relation to God and divine things. Hope, joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. Love, true affection for God and man, growing out of God's love for and in us. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Okay, so now he calls three things that abides. All these other things will pass away, but these three will abide. So if a doctrine knocks any of these three, get out. If a doctrine makes faith obsolete, get out. If a doctrine causes the love to dwindle, get out. If a doctrine removes your hope, get out. Okay, so that's why this inclusion thing is so, is so um, dangerous. Because all three of those things are basically destroyed in that doctrine. Because love, you can't, uh, you can't force someone to just be married. Okay, you can't just force someone the love of Christ on someone. There has to be reciprocation. There has to be a receiving of the love and a response. It has to be in free will. Okay, so the love is, is gone because they say you are just already married with Christ. Sorry, can't be. Faith, they say you don't even need to believe. So, mm, wrong. Faith abides. And hope People lose their hope in their doctrine in droves. How many people end up in atheism and in agnostics because of that doctrine? How many people have contacted me and saying they lost their faith? And someone I know well, he, he said he's he, he ended up almost losing his faith because of it. But luckily he went to Martiness's healing school and he got restored. So, <laughs> so that's that's so awesome. But what I'm what I'm trying to say to you is those three things are not negotiable those three things will not move it will not be removed out of your lives but the love is even the center of the faith and the hope if you have the love the faith comes out of it and then the faith is powerful if you have the love your hope is restored and your hope even grows because in the love of christ you see the true hope that you have in him now hope is something that's already given Hope is something that's already yours in Christ. It's stored up for you in a place called in Christ. It's not a future event that still still needs to happen, although the manifestation may be in the future. But hope is this. It is something that is sure and steadfast. It's something that is anchored in the unchangeableness of the love of God. And that hope manifests as you embrace Him, all right? And he's sure and steadfast, but it is in another realm. Okay. So you don't see it. It's unseen. All right. So I just want to quickly check on two scriptures concerning hope and concerning faith. So I just want to quickly jump to Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, he says, uh, where are we? Where are we? Let me just quickly get it. Right, verse 16 says, The Spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. Okay, so your spirit and God's spirit is now together, and his spirit testifies together with your your spirit that you are children of God or sons of God. All right. And if we are his children, we are his heirs. Also, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Only when we share his suffering, if we are to share his glory. We have spoken about the suffering. I'm not going to touch on that now. Just take communion. Verse 18. But what of that? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, the present life, are not worth being compared to the glory that is about to reveal to us and in us and for us and conferred on us. So, there's glory about to manifest. All right? But... I want you to just jump there to verse 29. Those whom he foreknew, whom he was aware before, and he also destined from the beginning foreordaining them and to be molded into the image of his son. So that's the love. That we might become the firstborn among many brethren. He might become the firstborn among many brethren. Those he foreordained, he called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. So you are glorified, but he says still the glory that is about to be revealed in us, to us, and in us, and for us, conferred on us. So you are already glorified. So the glory is already given to you, but it's not manifested. It's a sure thing. It's in heaven. It's yours, but it's in the unseen. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So that's your hope. Your hope is glory. The mystery which was hidden throughout ages and generations, Colossians 1.26, is now revealed to the saints. So you need the mysteries revealed. You need the knowledge. You need those things so that you can have hope. But those things must be fueled by life. Just hear me right. Okay. So he says, For even the whole creation, all nature waits expectantly. For God's sons to be made known and waits for the revealing, the disclosing of their sonship. So that's the manifestation. Now it becomes real. Now what is in heaven comes to earth. Okay, For the creation was subjected to frailty, not because of intentional fault on his part, but by the will of him as so subjected it. That is Adam. That nature itself will be set free from bondage to decay and corruption and gain an entrance into the glorious Freedom of God's children. Okay, so where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So if the spirit is manifested, the glorious freedom of God's children will be manifested. And then even creation is set free. So creation has a hope that we get our hope. Okay. (laughs) Right, so verse 22, we know that the whole creation of irrational creatures has been moaning together in pains of labor until now. Not only creation, but we ourselves too, who have and enjoy the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, a foretaste of the blissful things to come, grown inwardly as we wait for the redemption of our bodies, which reveal our adoption, our manifestation as God's sons. So it's something that we're waiting for, but we're going for it. It's already given to us. It's placed in Christ. So we are moving into that secret place so that we can see our inheritance and so that it can manifest. Okay. For in this hope we were saved. So what is this hope? We will be changed and, and revealed as adopted sons and we will look exactly like Jesus. That's our hope. Okay. Okay. So, is it, is it already given? Yes, in spirit it's already true. In manifestation, not so much. So, now we need faith, hope, and love to get it to manifestation. It says, verse 24, For in this hope we were saved, but hope the object of which is seen is not hope. For how can one hope for what he already sees? But if we hope for what is still unseen by us, we wait for it with patience and composure. So, where do you think that patience comes from? It comes from the love of God, okay, so the love, together with the hope, brings forth the manifestation of the sons, okay, so too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid, and bears us up in our weakness, for we do not know what prayer to offer, or how to offer it worthily as we ought, but the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication, and pleads in our behalf, with unspeakable yearnings and groanings, too deep for utterance, so the Holy Spirit is now groaning, and and speaking, and yearning, and you know, doing things that we can't even understand praying through us so we need the tongues so what does that sound like Okay, so we need, the, we need the tongues also. We need the mysteries, and we need the tongues. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what is in, his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God on behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. We are assured and know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good, so there's a plan, so there's a hope, for good to and for those who love God and are called according to His design and His purpose. Now the rest we already touched on. OK. So I'm just thinking let's quickly go to Hebrews chapter 11. I know we're already slightly over the time, but we we gotta read this, okay. <laughs> so Hebrews 11. Verse 1 says what? Now, faith. So, in the now moment, faith is the assurance and the conviction, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So, so, faith perceives the hope. So, you believe the gospel And you perceive a hope that the eye cannot see. So the perception of that hope is the faith. Okay? So the love of Christ is the fuel of the faith. And the love of Christ is the anchor of the hope. I hope you get it. Verse 2. For by faith, trust in holy fervor, born of faith, men of old, had divine testimony, born to them, and obtained a good report. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's going to take forever. So verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please God and be satisfactory to Him. Okay, so the faith needs to be there. You can't knock faith. The faith abides. Okay, whoever would come near to God must believe that God exists and that He is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek Him out. Now, here's the thing. Even though the love is the greatest, you can't have the love of God without faith. I'm going to repeat that. Even though... Faith, hope, love abides, and love is the greatest. You cannot access the love without faith. Even the love of Christ coming to you is by faith in the cross. Because the cross is the demonstration of the love of God where we are concerned. That God sent his son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. You can read 1 John chapter 4 from verse 8 to 11, 12. Okay. So God demonstrates his love at the cross. How do you receive uh, that faith? Faith comes by hearing. So you hear the message of the cross, and the faith comes. Now, because you believe this message, you see the love demonstrated on the cross. So the love comes to you by faith. You know God is love by believing in him, and you get to know him. And now... So faith comes before the love comes, but the love brings meaning to the faith. So he says, uh, where did I want it to read now? Uh, It's out of my head now. My my head had a little bit of a short circuit. Okay. The faith comes first, then the love of Christ comes. When the love of Christ comes, oh yes, Ephesians chapter (laughs) 3. (laughs) I'm taking a little bit longer, but I think it's awesome. Okay, so, may he grant you, Ephesians 3 verse 16, out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling our innermost being and personality. So the Holy Spirit now dwells in you, strengthens you with the glory, so there's the hope in you. There's the the Spirit of God Christ in you, the hope of glory. Um, There is uh, everything, the the love of Christ being shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Everything is together. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell and settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love, that you may have the power to be strong and apprehend and grasp with all the saints. The experience of that love, which is the breadth, length, height, and depth of it. Okay. So you need to experience it. Okay. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge. Do you see there? So the knowledge is there, but the knowledge only makes sense after the experience. Okay. Without uh, uh, far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, and may have the richest measure of the divine presence. So when that happens, the experience of the love, the presence is there, and He Himself comes to dwell inside you because He is love, and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. Isn't that the hope? Isn't that the whole point that we all become? Uh, so filled and flooded with Christ that that we are all conformed to the very image of the Son of God. All right. Now to him who by, uh, in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. To him be glory in the church and... In Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. It says here in the King James, world without end. Okay. So there's a world that will not end. And that world is the manifested kingdom of Jesus Christ. It says, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Christ is the head of the church. So the whole unity of Christ and the church. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, world without end. Amen. All right. So, our time has been up 10 minutes ago. So, (laughs) may you be blessed. I hope you received something out of all the things that I spoke, and I tried to push as much as I can into it, but (laughs) be blessed, and thank you for watching. Let me just greet. I see there's a few comments here. So, awesome. Janine and Chanel, I greeted you. Hello. Hello. Dini there from... from, uh, um, What's the place in Mosul Bay? I forget. And Shaul. Bless you, Shaul. And William. Wow, awesome. Bless you, William. Yeah, God is speaking, man. Love insists on serving others. Bless you, William. Wow, even Bruce. I was thinking of doing a teaching on this today. Wow, God is speaking. That's so wonderful. Jesus, man, morning to you also. Bless you. <laughs> and Afzal and Janine again and Swaroop and Saul, bless you guys. Okay, everyone bless you. And everyone who's still going to watch this, all the people that, that watch it at different times, bless you. We love you. We'll see you again tomorrow morning. Be blessed.